the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome to Briefcast 26 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. That is when I come to you guys solo without the special teams unit. And if you've joined us for the first time, thank you first and foremost for that. I don't know how you found us, but I am so glad. Thank your friend, whoever he or she is that recommended it. And thank you uh, for checking us out. I encourage you guys to go back and listen to full-fledged episodes when I have my special teams unit involved. We have some fun stuff coming up. But if you hadn't had a chance to check those out, go back and see, uh, hear the kind of banter and the bells and whistles and all the things that we include in full-fledged episodes. Now, I know it's been a while, but we have more of those coming up, uh, I assure you. But in lieu of that, I come to you guys by myself. And this time out, we have quite a bit to talk about, including the NBA Finals. Want to definitely get into that. Toronto leads two games to one, and uh, I'll have some thoughts on that. I also want to sort of um, give my condolences to something that's very dear to me, and probably many of you as well, especially anybody that's excuse, a little bit older. You'll understand why I am bidding a do this, this very special thing in our lives. So that's coming up. We're going to get into the We the People, where I look at some of the stuff, some of your comments, some of the feedback I've gotten from you guys. Then in the second half, going to get into some birthdays because I forgot one particular birthday specifically, but I, there are others I want to recognize as well. In addition to that, we have a Lamont Award. So all of that and a whole lot more. But first, what's brand new? Brand new, brand new, brand new. What's brand new is it's D-Day. Now, that was the day that the Allied forces invaded the beaches of Normandy, France. It was a massive effort. What is Operation Overlord? It was op- so, so they could go over into France and eventually well, defeat the, the Germans there and eventually make their way all the way into Berlin and end World War II. And, uh, you know, I am a, a historian, and, and I'm also patriotic. And I know that people are like, well, yo, you know, we have this problem and these people. And I understand all of that. But I am a very patriotic person because you understand the sacrifice that people made and all the struggles that get us to where we are now. And it, I, it's so unfortunate because everybody has forgotten a lot of the things that made us great. We're kind of living on fumes if we don't really live up to the things that tried to make us a a great country. And I'm not overlooking the sacrifices of any one individual group of of people. And I understand that, you know, a lot of people say, well, yeah, we're still fighting. Yeah, the fight continues. But if we we live up to what we aspire to be, and and I'm telling you, ultimately, like I said, it's the only show in town. King, there's nowhere else I want to be. So I know we're not perfect. And in lieu of what's happening every single day, over and over and over again, we look pretty bad right now. But that just means that we need to remind ourselves of why we are who we are and what we did. But for the men, and I always think about when you think about D-Day. And I grew up because my dad watched a lot of war movies and a lot of westerns. And I do remember on Memorial Day, we would watch a lot of old school battle World War II films. And, and we would watch a lot of those movies. And a lot of it, you know, you, you mean, some of us, some of them stand the test of time. Others, 
yeah, didn't didn't hold up so well. But in in I understand the backdrop of what's really what was really going on domestically. But again, it's important to I always think about this. When those guys, when they open up the shoots on those on those craft that were going aboard on Normandy, you were walking into almost certain death. And man, it was it's crazy to think that they had to overcome all of that. I can't imagine it, especially at this age. Probably if I was in 19, 20 years old, I would be more in the mindset of storming something. But just to know that you are facing all of that, and I think, what, 2,500 died that day? Just that day on those beaches, Omaha and Juno and, and the rest of them. I'm telling you, man, it is something that you should you owe it to yourself to to learn about because again it 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 gives you the kind of pride in in who we who we can be and who we should be and again i know that things are not perfect in this union it's it's looking pretty grim right now but if we remind ourselves maybe we won't make some of the mistakes and maybe we will recognize who the real enemy is so that's my little patriotism and you know that's you know, i always remember two days June 6th, and I remember December 7th. That was Pearl Harbor Day. You got it. Pearl, I always remember those dates. Um, then what other dates historically do I remember? Hmm, I remember it was November. I, well, no, I don't remember the well, there are other dates I don't remember. But I do remember June 6th, and I do remember uh, December 7th. So, hey, there you have it. Well, in basketball, the drama continues. Cue the, well, not cue the music yet. I'm going to get into that. But last night, Toronto did what they were supposed to do. Uh, the Golden State Warriors without Clay Thompson, without Kevin Durant, without Kevon Looney, or Kevon Looney, I call him both, but Kevon Looney, the team just, I mean, and, and really a DeMarcus Cousins in his second game back after six weeks off, Toronto did what they were supposed to do. Now, going into this series, I didn't, I didn't bat an eye. I didn't have any problems at all picking Golden State without Kevin Durant. Without Kevin Durant, and I picked them in five. I said, you know what? The team is just too good. They moved the ball too well. But this was before the injury. So I said, well, even if they lose game one, and they did, they came back and everything was cool. And then, of course, Klay Thompson goes down. Kevon Looney goes down. Durant has yet to play in this series. And again, Cousins is not the DeMarcus Cousins that is the DeMarcus Cousins he can be. Because he's a very, very special big man. He does some very special things. The, this team is really limping to the finish line. And it's, uh, I wonder if they can get there. I, th I really think that they can, honestly. I think you need Clay ordering. Now, here's where you cue the music. Will Kevin Durant come back? Will Clay Thompson come back? Do you want to see Kevin Durant come back? And the only reason why I ask, because if you're a Golden State fan, obviously you want to see Kevin Durant come back. I kind of don't want to see it come, him come back because I think it adds to the drama of what's going to happen this offseason. Now, all indications are he is going to go ahead and play in this series. So I think that's a good thing for them. And ultimately, you want to see the best players on the court. But I also would like to see Golden State win just to say, hey, we didn't need Kevin Durant in this series to win an NBA Finals. And because I'm just, you know, oh, they can't win without Kevin Durant. Because it goes back to the very premise of what I said when Durant first signed with them 
uh, three or four years ago, whatever it was, how many ever years ago it was, is that, hey, this guy is joining a team that doesn't even really essentially need him. And now everybody, you know, revisionist history says, well, they needed him and they couldn't do it without him. Yeah, yeah, they could have. And again, now he's he's one or one A of the best players in the entire NBA. Can't stop him. Inside, outside. The guy is an amazing basketball player. But can you imagine the intrigue that if he doesn't play, what does that mean? Does that mean that you feel unneeded in Golden State and so you'll leave? Or does it mean that, hey, uh, you know what? I need to come back and show this team how important. I don't know what it will mean for them, um, but I think it's a huge, huge, uh, a huge question mark. But I think he will play after all is said and done. And you want to see him do that. But I will tell you this. Last night, Balance scoring across the board for Toronto. They did exactly what they had to do whenever Golden State got close and went on a run or a mini run because there were stretches. I think there was a five-minute stretch, almost a four-and-a-half, five-minute stretch where Toronto didn't score, yet they were able to hold them off. And you look across the board, everybody contributed. Danny Green got out for the first time. Kyle Lowry did what he was supposed to do. And of course, Leonard gave you what Leonard was going to give you. So uh, Siakam did work. All of them, I mean, just Van Fleet. Across the board, that was a very balanced performance. And I thought where there were deficiencies, uh, of course, seven turnovers for Draymond Green. I thought he would step up a little bit more than he did. But I have to say, this loss and this performance by Steph Curry is as special as any of the performances I've seen in the NBA Finals. This dude was remarkable last night. After they sort of tried to take him all the way out of the game in Game 2, he came back in a big way, 47 points for him. Just remarkable effort on both sides of the ball, and I worried for a stretch. I'm like, is he exerting himself too much? He's shooting a shot, and they don't seem to be getting close enough. Do you want to kind of pull the plug? But he played all the way until like a minute and a half left in the game when the outcome was certain, and he gave it maximum effort. I think until that point, he had only missed two minutes of game time, and so he played tremendously hard. I think defensively they suffered. Looney is a bigger loss than people talk about if you don't have Durant and Klay Thompson. And I thought that that would have made the game a lot easier because Cousins is, again, not who he has been. And Bogut is coming in off the streets, and he's making nice contributions. But uh, Kevon Looney can get up the floor. He's more athletic. He can help defend uh, in a better way. And I just thought, it did just, I mean, so many injuries. I've never seen this from one team, when you think about Iguodala, who came close to being a, he's not 100% because he got a little little banged up earlier in this series. You have Clay, who had, I mean, well, Clay obviously with the uh, hamstring injury. You have the quad from DeMarcus Cousins, in which he's returning from. And then you have a situation where Kevin Durant hadn't played in, in eight, with a calf injury all at once, and they're still hanging in there. And it's, uh, uh, again, that's a whole team effort. That's something that you can point to as an organization in October, in December, and in January when these guys on the bench are just out there and they're not playing a whole lot. And you say, well, you have to continue to work because we may need you in, in May and June. And it's coming to fruition that these teams are taking advantage of these guys, or at least Golden State is taking advantage of these guys deep on their bench to make contributions. I tell you, it's going to be an interesting series moving forward. Uh, but a lot of the intrigue is, is Clay going to play? I think Clay and Durant may play in game four. 
And I think if this all hands on deck, obviously it's it's no contest. I don't I think it adds to the intrigue. I'm sure the NBA is loving this because now not only do you have to tune in for the game, you have to go day by day to figure out on the injury report who's healthy, who's not healthy, who's gonna play. It's a game time decision. How did treatment go? What are they saying all about these these guys' health? So I think it's great for the NBA. Uh, and I tell you what, this is a long series. We've only played three games, and it seems like this thing has been going on for two weeks. And we talked about this beforehand, 18 days from the beginning of the NBA Finals to a Game 7. So that's a long, long time. But it also helps both of these teams. It seems to me that Kawhi is getting healthier. He has a little bit more spring in his step than he did in Game 7 of the previous series. And then, of course, in Game 1, he didn't he didn't look very well at all. He, he looked injured. And now he looked a little bit better last night, although his workload is is immense. But you look at these the series – it's going about how it was is was supposed to go. You figure, okay, Toronto wins game one on adrenaline and and Golden State kind of rusty and and just the whole country of Canada behind you. And then game two, of course, uh, superior talent prevails and they win game two. Now you throw in all of the injuries. And again, I won't. You can't say enough about Looney being absent, and because it puts more pressure on a guy like McKinney to play, on Bogut, on Cousins, on those guys, and you know it, it changes what you're able to do. Although there are many interchangeable parts on this thing, I think that that's a that's a lot of energy. There's some a few more fouls you can give, and there's a, you know some intensity on the offensive and defensive ends. Um, but you have to have a clay. And I think you'll see both of them uh, moving forward. If not, I, you know, this will be an interesting series. I would want to see, I, I think, I honestly think that Curry can win a game without those guys. I don't know if he can win the series. I think he can win a game without those guys. And I say that because the defensive effort is what suffered quite a bit. They gave up 123 points. I can't imagine that Danny Green is going to be that hot again. You don't imagine that all of those guys at one time are going to have another good night on the road. But that being said, uh, it'll be interesting moving forward. So now we're looking at six or seven games. A lot of people anticipated that. I did not until the injuries started to mount up. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. You can give me your thoughts on that. Remember, you can hit me on Twitter at Wade's Word. And, of course, you can hit me on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group with that it is time to lower my veil and it's because i am bidding a fond farewell to my beloved sport of boxing now you if you've listened to me on the radio for whatever 17 15 17 years on sports talk whatever it is or in houston and if you listen to this podcast even you know how much i love the sport of boxing i'm not an mma guy don't like Khabib and all them, Conor McGregor, Dana White. Nope, don't like any of them. Not, I will peek in on those things from time to time, and I'll follow some of the big headlines, but not really, because I really don't like it. I don't, I just don't like it. I don't, the octagon, I don't, I am a sweet science guy. It goes back to, and I'll tell you this, I have been lucky enough to come up and and I just missed really I was alive but I really missed the appreciation for the golden era of the heavyweight division but I saw those guys towards the end I'm talking about Ali Frazier or let me let me rephrase that 
I'm talking about Frazier, Ali, Foreman, uh, Ernie Shavers, Larry Holmes, Ken Norton. I saw all of those guys, and if not in their primes, just past their primes. Not to mention the next generation with Tyson and Holyfield. I don't count Lennox Lewis because I don't. I don't never was a big Lennox Lewis fan, but. I've, in my lifetime, seen some of the big fights, enjoyed some of the huge fights. And, I mean, not to mention the welterweights with Sugar Ray Leonard, Duran, and Hearns. I mean, tremendous divisions. Uh, I mean, uh, Wilfredo Benitez. And, and, you know, and then you look at guys like Julio Cesar Chavez and all of those guys that have come along. But now my beloved sport of boxing is all but dead. I'm, and you want to know why? At this point, why? You say, well, you have Deontay Wilder. You know, he's an American. He's he's brash. He's loud. He's scary. He's intimidating. And yeah, you he fights Tyson Chandler to uh, Tyson Chandler, Tyson Fury. See, I, I can't even off the cuff name the heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, Tyson Fury, uh, he came whoop him. Okay, so the one fight that was left out there that I thought would be a very interesting fight was Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. Now, of course, you get used to the business side of things where one is promoted by one side and another is promoted by the other side, and these guys will never fight. They'll fight around each other for years, much in the way of Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. They'll fight around each other for years until a deal is made too late. It really, in a lot of cases, it was too late for Manny, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. But you think, okay, well, maybe these two guys can meet in their prime and I would pay for, I would pay to see that. Now, again, because I'm a boxing fan, I know a lot about what's going on now in, in the other weight divisions. I'm, I'm familiar with the Charlo Twins from right here in Houston, Texas. I'm familiar with a lot of guys that are doing work out there. But the average fan, and I want PBC to be successful. I really do. I want them to to really wreck shop and bring boxing back. But without a, a heavyweight that you can really can anchor the sport around, I just think, man, it's going to be tough for the boxing for boxing to ever come all the way back. It started with the decline of Olympic boxing, USA boxing, with the decline of that, because that gave us a sort of a feeder of great fighters, well-known fighters entering professional boxing. And now when the, the popularity and really the, the whole USA boxing went down, since that point, you don't have those guys. Like De La Hoya came in, under that. he was a household name. Roy Jones was known before that. I mean, you can go all the way back. You can go back to Ali in 1960. You can go to uh, Foreman in 68, Sugar Ray Lennon in 76. I mean, you can go down the line of guys who are become had become household names because what of what they had done uh, in Olympic boxing and international amateur boxing. And when you lost that, that lot you lost a lot of popularity right there. Then you know fights weren't happening. Then bad decisions. Then pay per view came in. And you just couldn't see the big fights. And I'm not even the big fights. Because you most people will say, okay, we'll pay for the big fights. But then you can't, you really, honestly, think about this. How much did you ever get to see Floyd Mayweather fight for free? And, and maybe maybe on HBO or Showtime, 
you know, when he was fighting some like mailman or somebody like that. But how much did you get a chance to really see him? He became a thing and you had to pay for him the whole way through on pay-per-view. And that just, I'll pay for the big fight, but I'm not going to pay for an up and coming guy, a guy like, cause Adrian Broner was a guy that could have got a lot of guys. And I'm sure he has a couple of pay-per-view fights where he made some money that he shouldn't have made. And people paid money that they didn't want to see. I thought that the, Really, the big death shot came with the Manny Pacquiao-Floyd Mayweather fight. I think that was a huge, huge disappointment because everybody paid. For me, I wasn't happy with it because, again, this was coming off of the knockout for Pacquiao, and it was over. For, I mean, he hadn't been the same. He's still fighting now, and he's trying to get a rematch with Floyd, but I don't care. I don't care. You guys missed the opportunity to fight in your primes, and you, you didn't do it, and you fought late. And I still thought it would be a competitive fight, and it just it didn't turn out to be that way. And so the the spot, sport of boxing is dying. And I'll tell you what was the, the death nail. Andy Ruiz winning the championship. Andy Ruiz, and they can try to build him up and say all the nice things they want to say, but he's built like... <laughs> he's built like... He's built like, I'm not, I'm not going to say Butterbean, but he's a, a lightweight Butterbean. He, he's, he's he's stocky, he's fat, he's flabby. I mean, don't get me wrong, he can punch, and, and that's cool, but he's he's a tomato can, and, and he should be treated as such by an elite heavyweight. Well, you thought Anthony Joshua was that, and he just got battered around the ring. See, I, you know, first of all, I don't, I'm not a big British fighter. I got burned on Frank Bruno. I was looking for Frank Bruno to beat Mike Tyson back in the day. And Frank Bruno, the same with Lennox Lewis. I thought he would, he would, you know, run through Lennox Lewis. He was beating up Lennox Lewis and he had a glass jaw. Now Lennox Lewis came over and he, you know, he jabbed his way and counterpunched. I mean, I'm, I never liked. Uh, Lennox Lewis as a, a legitimate superstar heavyweight, great, great elite heavyweight. Yeah, of course he was a champ for a long, long time, whatever. But he he was not half the man of a Larry Holmes, and Larry Holmes was not half the man of a, a Joe Frazier in his prime or Ali in his prime. Now he was he was Ali's sparring partner, and I mean of course he beat him up late in his career, but by that time Ali was. 157 years old. So, so I say that to say, congratulations to Andy Ruiz. But dude, this cannot be the face of your sport. It just cannot be. And you, you have a guy that's built like a Greek god and Anthony Joshua, big, strong. But again, you come with that glass jaw. So now we won't see the Joshua Wilder fight, or maybe we will, but it won't be as significant. And Ruiz, who may go on to lose to Joshua in a rematch. It still not it happened and it never should have happened. How many times did Ali fight those kind of guys and why they may have given them tough fights and and maybe like uh, what maybe even floored them once? I think what Malden was it Carl Maldenberg? I can I know I'm not saying the name right in England. He he knocked him down or was it was it no was it Henry Cooper ah. Uh. I need to brush up on that. But anyway, he you know he, he was knocked down and yet he bounced back. He he beat that opponent, beat all of those guys who were really quality guys. And then you lose to a guy that looks like he's fighting you on his day off from his regular job. 
And again, aesthetics are important. They are important. And for that reason, uh, it's so hard to say goodbye to the sport of boxing, but let's bid adieu to the sport of boxing. It's so hard to say goodbye to boxing. With that, going to take a time out. When we come back, going to get into some birthdays, some We The People. I'll give them my Lamont Award and a whole lot more. It's Briefcast 26 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832-757-7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. All aboard your non-stop getaway to the weekend. It's the Friday Express with yours truly, Devin Wade. Each and every Friday from 7 p.m. until 10, where we feature a little bit of this. A little bit of this. And a whole lot of this. End your work week and start your weekend with your non-stop getaway to the weekend. The Friday Express with Devin Wade, exclusively on KTSU 90.9, your community station. Welcome back to Briefcast 26 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And I tell you what, um, a couple things. I looked that up. It was Henry Cooper that knocked down Ali. Now, Ali had only been knocked down, well, for career, only knocked down four times. Henry Cooper, the British boxer, uh, knocked down Muhammad Ali. But I said earlier, I'm not a big fan of British fighters. So that being said, I guess I don't know who would be my favorite. I don't know who would be my favorite British boxer. I would have to think about that. Uh, it would have been Frank Bruno, but again, glass jaw and could never be Tyson and really had, uh, had Lennox Lewis on the ropes, but could not beat him with that want to go to a segment that we call we the people what we do for we the people is essentially ask you guys your opinions about things on the sports talk with devin wade group page on facebook so if you're not on that please join the sports talk with devin wade group and follow the page on Facebook and of course on Twitter at Wade's Word. I asked the question about the netting on uh, the netting in, in Major League Baseball fields for safety. It was a bad incident where a child was hit. Still, you know, they kept, they were able to keep that quiet. I don't know how, but for whatever reason, whatever way they were able to do it, 
they were able to keep the public from knowing a lot about what happened to the little girl, how the extent of the injuries, they released a statement. And even um, Commissioner Manfred said that they would look at this in the offseason. So I anticipate uh, some changes coming to Major League Baseball. Uh, but for the most part, everybody was for protecting the fans. Errol, Errol Wilkes, my man Errol, who will, will appreciate the boxing talk. I know he will. He's a huge boxing fan. So I will say that. Uh, he basically said, hey, no, those are good seats. Those are prime, prime real estate. No, I don't want to see the netting. What I want to do is see people pay attention. Well, yeah, ideally you would. And I and maybe I, going back to maybe a age limit, not letting small children sit down the first base or third baseline because it can be very dangerous. I think uh, I think the ship has sailed on that, and I think that they will do whatever they can uh, to protect the fans. So that was one thing that we talked about on the We the People segment. The other thing was about who was the big dummy last week. There was some question because I gave you a number of choices of people that you can choose from. Uh, one of them was Drake for his antics. And by the way, he's been quite, quite quiet around <laughs> this series. I mean, a little bit of trash talking the post game didn't show up in Oakland. I would have liked to have seen him show up in Oakland. And by the way, did you see uh, President Barack Obama? You know, it's almost like, you know, when he was at uh, game two in Toronto uh, with the commissioner of the NBA. And I tell you what, seeing him and seeing the, he got a standing ovation in Canada, but just seeing him, it's almost like, of course, again, and you can be apolitical about this, but it's almost like seeing like your ex-girl, the one that got away, like, man, why did you leave me? <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, he had to. The Constitution says so when we were paying attention to such, when we were abiding by the checks and balances of the three branches of government. But, you know, it's almost like, why did you leave us? I don't want to see, I mean, look, I want the man to enjoy his life. I do. I honestly do. Enjoy your life. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being the president of the United States. I, I appreciate it, and I hope you go on to get rich and enjoy, uh, you know, your life. You, you, you've earned that. But I tell you what, I don't want to see you right now. We're going through too much. I see you enjoying the game, and then I turn to CNN or MSNBC, not Fox so much. But I, and then I see what I have now. You left me. You left us. <laughs> but it was good to see him enjoying the game. Didn't see Drake. Drake needs to make an appearance in Oakland. You mean E-40 and Too Short and MC Hammer have them too afraid to show up in, in Oakland for the the series? And, and like somebody said, one of the guys said, uh, the pundits on TV said, hey, you know what? You have to travel. If you are a super fan, you need to travel. And, of course, you know, he knows those guys. It's all in good fun, uh, the trash talk. But anyway, one person, well, not one person, but we got some votes for Drake on the big dummy, Carlos Correa, who got a rib broken and out four to six weeks with a broken rib from a masseuse, from a, a massage. And then you come out and say, well, no, this can happen. And, and they probably didn't, you know, uh, didn't know that he was in such pain, blah, 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 and whatever. I mean, it's just, it's a terrible thing. But, uh, yeah, I think from now on, let the organization handle <laughs> the massages. Maybe that needs to be something. I mean, you're paying this guy millions and millions of dollars. You can pay a little bit extra for the uh, in-house masseuse. Maybe they need to have that in the clubhouse so you can supervise who's massaging your players so you won't break 
any of their <laughs> their ribs or or aggravate any injuries. So those were some of the things I should have read some of the comments from Errol and some of the guys. But essentially, um, thank you guys for the feedback. Want to remind you guys, uh, hey, subscribe too and like on these different pages and uh, tell a friend. But if you go and like to tune in and subscribe, every time there's a new episode, uh, you get an update on that. In addition to that, I think uh, iTunes as well. So you you can automatically get them loaded up on iTunes. Although I know there's going to be some changes with iTunes, but and also KTSURadio.com. Want to mention that as well. So with that, want to get into some birthdays. Well, you know what? We don't do that often, and I haven't done it, but I think I only did it once on a uh, briefcast. But happy, happy birthday to a number of people, including Willie Joe Namath. I hadn't had a chance to wish him a happy, happy birthday. In addition to that, Curtis Mayfield. Curtis Mayfield. I did not appreciate the pure genius of Curtis Mayfield until you, I was able to delve into his catalog. And he, he wrote the most, uh, my favorite song by Gladys Knight which was the, the makings of you on the Claudine soundtrack. Again, you can go and look these up. It's only a two and a half minute song. He recorded a version of it, but her version is my favorite Gladys Knight song. And it's from the, the Claudine soundtrack, but uh, he died. Of course, he was paralyzed from the waist down, maybe from the neck down. He couldn't move very much at all. A light while he was performing fell on him. I think that's how, and he broke his neck. I think that's exactly what happened to him. Uh, but yeah, he, he suffered towards the end, but a, a prolific writer uh, and just man, a legend. And, and I didn't appreciate him while he was alive. I knew he had gotten all kind of accolades, and I think he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But he, at that time, I didn't appreciate him. And, but now I do. I mean, and you have to go back and listen to a lot of Curtis Mayfield. I mean, it's... It's a wonderful thing. Go back to his impressions days and go back to his solo stuff. Of course, you know some of the big ones from Superfly and all that. Pusha Man, all of, you know those. But uh, my, my favorite, favorite, favorite song uh, that he's ever done, it is something that I can play anytime, any day, and it'll lift my spirits. We're a winner. Now, I'm telling you, that's my that's my song. And that's actually the song we play, what Chatterbox played when the Texas Southern Tigers win. We're a winner. But I can play it at any point. And it will lift my day. So, and also, this is why I forgot. And this is why I make mention of this. Happy, happy birthday to Gail Sims. I meant to mention that last time. Well, I will tell you why I wanted to bring it up again. Because Gail says is one of the few guys that I asked for an autograph. And I'll tell you how it came about. We were playing in a, I was playing with my best friend played for the Houston Oilers uh, for many, many years, Haywood Jeffries. And he, along with Pat Coleman, it was a, a former Houston Oilers, good, great friend of mine, dear friend of mine. We were playing in the, it was, the, I don't know what it was, it was an NFL alumni golf tournament or something. It was at the Woodlands TPC. And so you had some of the, the big boys out there and, and, you know, playing golf. So Haywood didn't play, but he rolled, not played, and, and uh, PC, Pat Coleman played. And there were, I mean, you name it, a lot of greats out there. And, I came across Gil Says. And so there's this joke, and it's not true, okay? But the joke is, and, and PC always gives me a very hard time about this. He says that I went into the restroom and asked Gil Says for an autograph while he was using the restroom. That is not what happened, okay? 
So, <laughs> and these are like just the stories that you hear around the bar or whatever. So essentially what happened was I saw him in the restroom and I went outside and I waited for him to come out. So not cool, I understand, but you have to understand. Okay, so I've been around all of these athletes for you know 25 years and none of the guys, none of the contemporary guys kind of, you know, excite. There are some guys I appreciate more than others and I admire for their prowess on their athletic, in their athletic endeavors and more than others. There's some guys I look up to more than others as far as, and that's in any walk of life. If, if you come across the best surgeon, you're like, man, that is the best surgeon or the best chef. You're like, oh, that's the best chef or, or you know, whatever. So, but there's certain people that you sort of, but I, you know, and generally, I've interviewed or been in interviews with anybody from Jordan to Shaq to Dream, Clyde Drexler to Mayweather. So, you know, you work around these guys and it's, it's one thing. But the true heroes tend to be the guys that were either before you or from your childhood. Now, Gail says was well before me. My first introduction to Gail says or highlights, NFL films, highlights, and Brian songs. That was it, but and really, I got the autograph from my father because not and not that he even really cared because he wasn't like an autograph guy. But I think at that point, early in my career, he was like, "Man, that's pretty cool." You know, my son, you know, talked to Gail says that's that's pretty cool. And so, yeah, one of the few autographs that I sought out was Gail says, but it was not in the restaurant. So take that, PC. But to all of those folks. And to uh, any of you guys, hey, hit me up and let me know when your birthday is and we'll mention it on the podcast. But for all of those folks, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Just for the birthday, people. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. With that, it is time for the Lamont Award. I don't know the you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award is given out to the big dummy of the week. Somebody did something really, really stupid and needs to be acknowledged for that. Now, some people are bigger dummies than others. And this guy, I can I get it, but he's still a big dummy because he, did, he didn't get it. So there are a couple of things that are coming out of the French Open. Obviously, Serena lost, and man, you know, it's gonna probably be that way uh, moving forward. Where she she may get another couple of tournaments, but maybe I don't know. It's getting it's getting rougher, and they're getting better. Uh, Osaka got knocked out. Sloane Stevens got knocked out. Madison Keys knocked out. The men we don't even talk about the men. It's the same three guys: Nadal, Djokovic, and Federer. And it'll be Nadal that'll win the French, I'm sure. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing Nadal and Federer play in the uh, semifinals. I think that's the semifinals, or maybe the quarterfinals. I don't know. They had, they've had rain uh, in uh, in France for that. But anyway, a couple of things that have come out of that that has happened with the women and the video of the guy losing and his son coming up to hug his crestfallen father. And they had an, a moment where the son picked up the father and. You know, emotional stuff, and and that's that. But the other thing that happened, and, and you may not have seen, was a guy like, a named Dominic Theron. Let me make sure. The, let me see. Let me get the name right. Yep, Theron. Dominic Theron. It may, and that may be mispronounced. 
And if that's the case, then give me the Lamont Award. But anyway, he was a tennis player who is a top-notch tennis player. So he wins his match. And, of course, what happens when you win, you go into the press room, to the big press room where everybody can interview you. Well, he won, but at the same time, oh, excuse me, at the same time, Serena lost her match. And so I guess Serena was supposed to wait for her, for her uh, time with the press. She wanted to get it over with so she and really meet her obligation and get out of there. So what the folks did, the organizers or whatever, uh, it maybe was it wasn't totally Serena, but it was the organizers that said, "Hey, I know you're in the middle of talking, but we're gonna push you to the side. We need to get Serena in here." And of course, he was upset about that, and he blasted the the French Open, and, and to an extent, he gave some of the blame to Serena. But what I'm telling him, what you need to understand is, I don't even know you well enough to call you by your correct name. I think it's Theorem, but it may be Theorem or something. I don't know where you're from. I don't know who you are. Never heard of you before. But the entire sports world knows who Serena is. Serena's one of the all-time transcendent greats. You with Margaret Court, Billie Jean King, Martina Navratilova, uh, Chris Everett, Steffi Graf. The, you will hear those names forever. And you will hear Serena above all of those. You will. You will hear Serena forever and ever and ever. She's the most popular person in in uh, tennis. I'll say I don't, you know, I don't know around the world, but I can tell you this. The most popular tennis player, if you say tennis in America, you say Serena Williams. This that's just the way it is. She's the and, and maybe not in Europe. Maybe she's but she has to be. The most popular tennis player in the world, maybe you can make a case for Federer. Maybe you can make a case for Nadal. Uh, I'm telling you, you can show pictures of Nadal all over the place and nobody know who he is. I'm telling you, Serena is the most popular person in your sport. When the most popular person in your sport is doing their thing or needs, needs that space that you occupy, you step aside and say, thank you, ma'am. Can I have another? You take that L on that. Your day will come or not. We don't know. We don't know if your day is going to come, but I know her day has come. It's here. It's fleeting, but it's still here. She's had a baby. We know a baby. We've seen a baby. We know her husband is the founder of Reddit. We, I mean, her sister is Venus, one of the all-time greats as well. I'm telling you, she is the the it. She's it. And so when if, if she pulled a diva move and she wanted to get into the room, you just have to say, okay, let me read the room and understand who I am and let me understand who she is. Now, I understand your ego kicks in. And, you know, I remember what in Pulp Fiction, you say that little pinch you feel, that's ego. Swallow that. Because, again, you, you're in deep waters now when you're talking about Serena Williams. And I get it that your pride your, your, tells you that, hey, I'm a tennis player too. I'm, I won. She lost. I'm special too. No, you're not. And for that reason, Dominic Theorem, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. (laughs) (laughs) With that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, I want to remind you guys that if you want to send me your music, if you're a fledgling artist, if you're a DJ, send me your music. Reach out to me on Twitter at WaysWord or on Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group, and we will play a snippet of your music at the halfway point and play the entire track. I don't care what the genre is. I don't care what you do and how you do it. You know, I want it to be good. 
and, and I'm sure you think it's good if you're sending it out. But even if not, send it to me anyway, as long as it's radio edit and we will get it on. Want to again remind you guys to subscribe, like, thanks for all the comments. Please continue to comment. Some good, fun things are coming your way. I will post more polls and more questions so I can get feedback from you guys and I will read those things or comment on those things on the briefcast and on the full fledged podcast. So, with that, as always, have a great day.